Hi, I'm Julie Ross. And I'm Gregory Abbey. And you're listening to the Parenting Horizons podcast. Julie is a longtime parent educator and counselor. And Greg is an actor, writer, and director, and more importantly, a parent just like you. Through conversations covering a range of different topics, challenges, and roadblocks, we hope to give you a few of Julie's tools that might just help make parenting a little bit easier. Look, nobody's perfect, and parenting is challenging, to say the least. With a few skills under our belts, though, we might just be able to be good enough parents and enjoy the journey and our children a little bit more in the process. So, welcome back to the Parenting Horizons podcast. Thank you. That was my fancy introduction again. Uh, today, we are going to talk about the holidays. Very appropriate. I love the holidays. I do too. Sometimes <laughs> Part, parts of the holidays. <laughs> I think that's our point. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the holidays, spending them with family and extended family, right. and how sometimes that can maybe be a, big, a mixed bag and, and, right. and maybe how we can deal with that. This is getting released. This is perfect because so, I think we're running we're rolling into Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, and Christmas. Right. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's not, it's not just holidays with your immediate family, but obviously a lot of people travel, uh, spend time on the holidays. I, I think maybe part of the difficult part of this is everyone has usually an expectation that it's going to be great that it's going to be fun and there's going to be presents and maybe you're off from work and you're traveling and I mean I think this is even true of like vacations I'm thinking of I can remember years ago being you know we went on a Disney cruise we've been on a couple and with my family and I've always noticed by like day six you start to see suddenly you people are like yelling at each other in the hallways <laughs> classic there's like a huge fight at dinner <laughs> between a couple kids yeah. are like melting down and i think because sometimes and the holidays can be like that you go in with these grand expectations about how mm-hmm. great it might be mm-hmm. and i think it's hard to live up to that yeah and i i think of it like uh, i call it the norman rockwell effect mm. you know norman rockwell painted all of these pictures perfect family perfect family everybody's sitting around the lights very warm people are smiling and interacting and i think he did us a great disservice i understand from people who are artists that his life was really a shambles that his family Mm. life was not like he represented it oh so that was his wish it was his wish it was his fantasy right and the problem is that i think we take those pictures and movies too i would say a lot of movies portray family time as kind of the golden time or and and it's not that it can't be and you can have those moments but it sort of is well again it sort of feels like the theme of our show that it's a mixed bag like you Mm -hmm. cannot have one without the other of course there's going to be good times and fun but it you can't go through this ignoring the difficulties and not maybe talking about them right right no i i would say that's absolutely true and having the expectation that it's going to be a norman rockwell painting it's just too high yeah i mean you've written you can't meet that no it is too high and that that's some of the things you've written about in terms of the problems you can run into with that expectation why the holidays can be difficult unrealistic expectations you mm-hmm, say right heightened stress because it seems like it's going to be great and it is a lot of ways but the holidays also bring a lot of stress family pressure right and then afterwards a bad case of the post-holiday blues <laughs> right exactly which can come off of if you had some expectations that you didn't meet it's kind of a letdown or can be a letdown. right 
right? Or if let's say all of your expectations were met. Let's say it was a brilliant, glorious family holiday. Well, then coming off of that can also make you feel kind of blue. It's like, oh, it's over. Right. Oh, dear. Going back to the real world. Real world, real life. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and I think... You know, all of those speak to expectations in some way. And I, I, I really recommend to parents that they, especially when the kids are old enough to engage around this kind of stuff, to kind of talk through what reality might look like when you're at a, you know, on a holiday. And we have, you know, we're going to release this, as you said, right before Thanksgiving. So we have holidays that are not gift exchange holidays. Mm-hmm. And then we have holidays that are gift exchange holidays. And there's complexities that occur, I think, in the gift exchange holidays that don't exist in the just family time holidays. Yeah, so why don't we start with like a holiday like Thanksgiving, whether you're staying at right. home. So let's say we're coming into it. So what it usually means is that everyone has some time off. Mm-hmm. Right. We're going to get a break. Kids aren't in school. Parents probably have a couple of days from work. So you're going to have this kind of extended vacation. Probably going to either have it with your family, with extended family. You're going to go somewhere. I mean, I think although we've had discussions in the past, we don't always do it. And a lot of times you just roll into it without a, any conversation. What would you say is a helpful thing to do for a family if you're coming in, if you're coming into that time, if you're coming into a vacation, a holiday? Well, I'm a big believer in both unpacking after a holiday not oh, right, not right. literally unpacking but like unpacking like what happened and talking before a holiday or a vacation about what everybody's looking forward to even asking everybody you know what is, what is the thing you're looking forward to the most and mm. what is the thing you're looking forward to the least So, for example, one of the problems that came up in my own family when my husband and I and the kids would go visit is I came from a family of extroverts. And my husband and my son are introverts. Mm -hmm. So they went into that dreading the kind of chaos. And my family also traditionally very loud, boisterous, Mm. and not to mention there was a dysfunctional component to it as well Right. um, that was difficult for all of us. So here come two introverts into this large, and and the family's large, large, boisterous, on-the-go, extroverted family, and they really felt that. So in unpacking it beforehand and talking about, like, what what are you worried about? Right. They were able to, my son and my husband were able to kind of express that they were concerned that they couldn't get enough alone time. Sure. And my son especially, because um, being a kid, they had less power in the family, if sure. you will, than my husband did as a grown-up. And so they felt very pressured. My son felt very pressured by the family to 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 talk to be to like, talk to be present to right. do these things that they didn't feel comfortable with mm-hmm. because otherwise there was a lot of judgment around it, and a lot of criticism around it. Right. So we ultimately devised a, a strategy, and I can s- disclose this publicly because my extended family is basically all gone in terms of older generation. Mm-hmm. We developed a strategy where if my son needed to take a break, they would 
disclose that to their dad. I forget they had some sort of code signal. signal. And my husband would say, hey, you know, we're going to go out for a little walk. Mm. And then they'd just leave. And that, and a walk was acceptable in the family. It didn't seem to be judged as much as like going to your room. Well, I also think the point is, is that if you don't have that conversation, they don't have any coping strategies. And then the resentment builds. I mean, as you were yes. talking, I was thinking when I'm thinking of these explosions I've seen on, you know, trips with families falling apart. I think a lot of times that's about resent- resentments that get built up because you haven't had a conversation about expectations. And you'll even mm-hmm. say to sit down. I mean, you've you've talked about this like before the holiday, you know, if you're a family four or five, three, whatever it is, that each person has an opportunity to say you know, you've said, like, ask some questions, you know, what is this holiday about? So you can actually have a discussion about, you know, which I think is an interesting conversation, whether it's Hanukkah or Thanksgiving, what are we celebrating? But more is what is your goal for the holiday season is a question. And even more generally, like, like you said, what are you looking forward to? Because Mm -hmm. then you have a really real understanding, you know, going in, you know, my own example is that, my wife and I have been together for many years, but it wasn't till very far into our relationship that she sort of confessed that the holidays were stressful for her. Mm-hmm. I think especially Christmas. Like, it's not that she didn't enjoy it, but it it created a lot of stress for her. And I kind of went into it always like, this is so great. It's so exciting. And she's like, yeah, it's a lot of work for me. Yeah. And I and there were years where I didn't really understand that, which led probably to, I'm sure it did, to conflict. Sure. So... It took a long time, but even just having the knowledge of that, like, okay, going in, she doesn't necessarily feel that way. She doesn't necessarily feel it's all, like, great and fun and presents. And and, and I think that's what you're saying is that if you can get that clarity from your kids too, right? Sure, absolutely. And I think it's like what we've, we've talked about on a previous episode, Greg, which is that one person in the family usually bears the physical load, the mental load, and the emotional load. Mm-hmm. And holidays are all three. It's often one person in the family, if it's a gift-giving holiday, who goes out and buys all the gifts or right. makes the decisions about buying all the gifts and what, what are we going to get. It's one person who is attuned to what everybody's needs are, what everybody's emotional state is and what everybody's emotional needs are. Mm. You know, for gift-giving holidays, you know, maybe maybe everybody expects a certain number of gifts to you know to get a certain number of gifts well and that's a good question to know because that might be the answer of your kid yeah i want i want 10 presents and this is what i want so whatever their expectations are you know going in that you can at least have a conversation about that first right and they don't right i mean and even my wife and i having that conversation allowed me to then go okay and check in and be like can i help you what can i do now i kind of understand you know, what her needs are more during Mm -hmm. that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think when you're talking about the travel portion of this, like uh, kids, grown up kids going home to their family of origin, there's often the expectation that the family of origin will be the people who prepare the entire meal Mm -hmm. because we all kind of revert back to being children when we're in the presence of our parents. Right. And that can feel very burdensome for the people upon whom that job falls. Mm-hmm. And maybe they don't want to, maybe they don't want to 
put up the Christmas tree. Maybe they don't want to cook the the meal that's prepared at Thanksgiving or Hanukkah or whatever. So I think, you know, so that discussion just can help clarify so that, like you said before about resentments building, so that you're not even walking in with resent. I mean, I think a lot of the time you walk in feeling right, resentful. Right, because you feel like you're not going to get your needs met. Right, exactly. Well, and because you haven't expressed them, I think also then you start, and maybe when I'm thinking of myself, you know, you start to sneak away to try to do the things that you need because you're worried you're not going to get them. But if you haven't expressed them, that's where, like, what are you doing? Where are you going? You know, but if you say, mm-hmm. hey, my goal is is that I take three naps this week. I want to take three two-hour naps. Or right. I really want to read that book. I want one night where I just spend five hours and I just read my book. Yeah. It's something as simple as that, then everyone can go or the or the you know, the daughter says, I really want to spend I really want a lot of family time. Yeah. And the other sibling might say, I want no family time. I'm sick of you guys. <laughs> right. And then it's like a conversation of like Yes. I right? Am yes, I, then you absolutely. have a conversation about that. Like, okay, well, you want a lot of family time, you don't, dad wants naps, mom's stressed out. It's ha, right. so much better not to walk into it. With all of that being unknown, I guess, is what you're saying. Exactly. Because especially when you prepare ahead of time that way, you can find ways to meet in the middle. Mm. So maybe maybe dad doesn't get three naps or right, you right. know three golfing does, Yeah, I guess it doesn't mean or, you necessarily get everything you want, like in anything else we've talked about. Right, exactly. So it, it might mean that dad gets two naps, hmm. and it might mean that brother has to do three family things, but not all 12 family things. Right. And the daughter might have to uh, compromise in some other way. And mom, I mean, frequently... Well, no, it's traditional. It's okay. (laughs) It falls to mom. Frequently, the the mental and emotional load falls to mom. And, And especially around the holidays, the physical load as well. So mom can say, listen, these are the things I need for each of you to do to let to lessen my stress because it's not fair for me to carry the whole burden you know but we could even say that like maybe dad feels like he carries the whole burden right or, you know um or he's worried he's not going to get a break right? exactly and so he sneaks off without communicating or oh and know, that happens all the time the sneaking off the to, sneaking off because you're worried you're not going to get what you want i hear i hear about it all the time right you know somebody will say and then i looked around and my spouse wasn't there right and turns out they went to the grocery store i'm saying right because i've done i've done this one many times (laughs) it's like what are you doing well i yeah but you didn't say anything i what (laughs) exactly it can get problematic it it can be it's so much better to have it out on the table so when you say out on the table we've done an episode on family meeting which i think everyone should listen to is that what you recommend i mean even if it's maybe not a formal rec- uh, family meeting that you literally sit down and say hey we're going to take 5 minutes and talk about which it, it always feels hard to do because there's been times where we've blown it off and you feel like we don't have time we don't have time but to literally take i mean 5 10 minutes to say hey next week's vacation you know let's stay on let's not get into christmas where maybe we're traveling and there's presents let's say it's thanksgiving we got five days off mm-hmm. you know what is everyone what is everyone thinking like what what yeah. do you say is that what how do you approach it you oh know? yeah absolutely and i think you know i think the the reality is that 
as stilted as it may feel the first time that you Mm -hmm. say something like that, I think that over time, what at least the kids come to realize is that it's in their benefit to contribute to that discussion because they're going to get more of what they want and feel less pushed around by the older members of the family if they have an opportunity to talk about it to begin with. Right. So it may feel awkward, and I think pe- I think people forget about it. I mean, let's just yeah, yeah. You know, they it just slips their mind. And the are you think it's going to be fun? Fine, or you're going to figure it out on the fly? Right, it's never is good though. Well, in my experience, I haven't had it work out well to do that <laughs> on the fly. On the fly. <laughs> I mean, I haven't... When you're three glasses into your eggnog. (laughs) By the way, I want to take a nap. (laughs) All right? I'm taking one right now. (laughs) Exactly. Maybe problematic. And back with the rest of the year. I'm going to read my book for 17 hours. (laughs) It rarely, in my experience... It rarely works out well (laughs) to do it that way. Right. Well, and and like you said, then everyone feels like they have a stake, even the kids. Yes. They're considered. Exactly. And that their their needs are being heard. And, you know, what what they want is being heard. So that it's not just everybody, oh, what are we going to do today? I don't know. Right. Well, that's the other thing, too, is I think my wife and I discovered, too, that I wanted more free time and she wanted more structure. Yeah. And we had to have, like, real, a real... And it was over years that was like, oh, this is what's kind of going on. Yeah. Intuitively, it was kind of going on, and we were both feeling resentful, and I think that's what it kind of came to was... I don't like having three days with nothing scheduled. That's very uncomfortable for me. Well, I don't want to be scheduled out the wazoo. Okay, what can we figure something out in the middle? You know, and, yeah, and for sure. you know, or kids. You know, my son's saying I don't want to go to five events. I want right. to. I want to chill out. So I think that's what you're saying is that if families can get that stuff out on the table before you're in the moment of it, exactly, you can sort of avoid those blowups. Yeah, for sure. And you know that may it may mean that you know you may not be taking everybody into consideration. Like you, grandma and grandpa might not be there to have this discussion. Grandma and grandpa might not be open to having a, this kind of a discussion. Right, right. But you know what? Generally speaking, I think we have a pretty good bead on the personalities involved in these bigger family vacations. Mm-hmm. And how grandma's probably going to feel left out at some point because she doesn't hear so well. Right. Grandpa's going to be judgmental of your hole, the holes in your genes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, you mean have a, so if we're moving on to like, you know, you're going down to spend five days with your, your in-laws, your parents, the grandparents, to have this conversation going in maybe with your kids about, hey, I know there's a lot of great things, fun things at grandma and grandpa's? Are there things that we should struggle out, look out for? Are there things that are not great or hard? Let's just have a conversation about it. I mean, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, and yes, I'm saying have a conversation about it. Absolutely. You know, and being honest about things that are noticeable. Look, you know, you know that, that grandma's a little hard of hearing. So, you know, she struggles to feel included, even though we think we're including her. Mm. So, 
let's think about, you know, how we can make sure that she, maybe we put her in the middle of the table, not in the middle of the table. <laughs> we sit her on the <laughs> middle of the table. We sit her in the middle of the table right. with the Thanksgiving turkey. Right. No, but we sit her, you know, so that she's closer to conversation. Right. So that she doesn't feel excluded. We know that grandpa's going to feel judgmental about the jeans. I don't want you to have to dress in a way that makes you uncomfortable. And is there a kind of a compromise? Yeah, or I just know that this is kind of coming, right? Right, We're going to exactly. have to deal with this, and maybe for the couple of days we're there, you're, you, we're, we might just have to roll with it. Yeah. Is it worth... Because that's, that's another thing you've written about, is picking your battles when you mm-hmm. go to see the family because mm-hmm. it's 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 probably this balance of like you don't want to roll over like now we're here and so we lose all we lose all agency we just now we're at my parents house and we right. have to do whatever they want because we're guests and we're visiting and it's christmas we got to suck it up and just go with it yeah you don't want to do that but you also don't want to go the other way like it's just a it's a matter of compromising i guess yeah, I mean, you know, you certainly don't want to go into a vacation or a family gathering feeling like you're going into battle. Right. So, again, you know, we know kind of, we have enough experience with these people to kind of know what situations are likely to come up. Yeah, and I think it's important to do it with even the kids more, because as you're talking, I'm thinking like, you know, someone knows their parents, like a 50-year-old going down, they've been through it a lot, so you know how to maybe protect yourself. But I think your point is that it's important, because that's conversations going on in your head, that it's important to have that extended conversation with everyone, like, okay, here we go. Right. What do you guys think? Right, exactly. You know, it's, and to, and to choose, and definitely to choose your battles. Over and over again, I hear about visits to grandparents where, you know, there's, five huge bowls of Hershey kisses and Fritos, you know, all over the house. And the kids are just helping themselves. And, you know, the parents are like... "Mm, Yeah, food's a big one, probably. Yeah, it's big. And it's like, no, you cannot have that much candy. No, you cannot have those Fritos that are terrible for you. But Grandma and Grandpa are like, no, let the kids have what they want. So some of that, you have to kind of ask yourself, is this the hill to die on? Right. You know, this is something that it's time limited. It's yeah, four you're not days. there for six months. Exactly. Five days. Maybe I can just let it go. And the way we kind of talk to kids about this, especially younger kids, we say, you know, grandma and grandpa have different rules than right. we do in our house. And candy and Fritos and, you know, that kind of food, That's a, those are sometimes treats. And yes, it's every day, but it's only sometimes because it's once a year or twice a year or right, whatever. Right. Um, it's just, I feel like holidays can be stressful enough without adding mm-hmm. to the stress. Because if for nothing else, they're stressful because the family dynamic changes so drastically. The more people you add to the mix. Well, certainly more people, even people you love to spend you know five six days together in a house is tricky i also totally agree i think everyone classically kind of regresses to whatever their family role was when they were younger i mean would you say i would assume you would agree too because you've talked about this that it's it's okay so if we do a check-in before and i just want to read this thing that you wrote that i just think sort of encapsulates it you you said when we're talking about this the importance around having this conversation before the holiday And you wrote, when you share your private thoughts about the season with other members in your family, it will help you create a common focus based on the values you hold. 
Yeah. And it's whether it's your, I would assume you mean whether it's the, your values as a family, but also your individual values because you're figuring out how e- everyone might not feel the same way about what you're rolling into, the experience you're rolling into. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think I think discussing what each holiday represents to you can help create a centered, a more centered approach to, to the holiday. So, for example, and, and everybody has their own opinion about Thanksgiving, but it's not a holiday that I believe in in its current form mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the because of the indigenous peoples who were displaced and, and their land was taken and this kind of thing. So when we have, a, when we have had a conversation about that, time of year, the time of year that is traditionally in the United States called Thanksgiving, we've, we've reframed it, we've reshaped it, Mm -hmm. you know, and we make it about indigenous people, we make it about thanks, but not in the colonial overthrow of (laughs) Native Americans, right? Um, And so we've, you know, we've reshaped it so that it feels more comfortable to us. Well, it also just opens up a conversation, you know, because Mm -hmm. then you have that conversation as a family. I mean, even rolling into Christmas, the kid might say, Christmas to me is I'm freaking cleaning up on Christmas morning to get tons of presents. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you talk about your own family values based around how you feel and it's a time of giving and giving thanks and sharing time together. I mean, whatever it is, I think the point is, is that we keep coming back to is that it's important to have that conversation wherever it goes. Sure. And especially, you know, if a holiday has religious meaning to you, like Hanukkah or Christmas Mm -hmm. or Kwanzaa or, you know, any of the other religious holidays, maybe not St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) But anyway, um, I digress. <laughs> you want to, I mean, if it has religious meaning to you, you should be talking about what the religious meaning of it is with your kids because commercialism, I mean, people trying to sell things, marketers have taken advantage of these, what used to be traditionally religious events and made it a period to buy more stuff. Sure. So I think it's important for kids to know why you're really celebrating. Mm-hmm. You know, again, whatever whatever religious holiday it is and whatever meaning that has for you. Now, maybe you, you celebrate it as a, you know, a social holiday as opposed to religious. So Christmas isn't about the traditional Christian right. birth of Christ or, you know, or whatever. But... That's okay, too. Then we can talk about what does it mean to give gifts? Similar to Hanukkah, I would say, you know, what? why do we give gifts at all? Sure. Whether it's birthdays, Christmas, Hanukkah, anything else, you know, what is the, the, the significance of gift giving? Well, yeah, and I think it would just, it just will add depth to that experience, right? If For it's sh- not... If, if you have a conversation with your family about what it is, what it means. For sure. And I'm a big believer in having kids. Um, sometimes I get surprised exclamations saying this, but I'm a big believer in not giving kids everything they want. Hmm. I'm a big believer in having them make a list right. and know no, them knowing that the list will be chosen from, but it's not going to be absolutely everything. So let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, that's obviously a big part of, of the these celebratory holidays is the gifts. And what what is some advice you can give to parents when it's 
because there is a materialistic part to it and it's there's a fun part i mean who doesn't like to get presents on christmas but kids are obviously parents are obviously dealing with kids that it's a lot of i want this i want that the kind of right asking for the the gifts and, and do you have some advice around how to handle that stuff sure yeah it's you know it's kind of what i call the greedy gimmies <laughs> that okay. come up every year gimme 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 they see the latest commercial for the latest thing on tv so you know again part of it is putting things on a list part of it is explaining that the whomever is going to choose from that list to give to you part of it is helping kids learn to express gratitude well that's one of the things you wrote about too in terms of the presence there are a couple of things you said, but in terms of that, you said develop a tradition around receiving, opening, and expressing thanks for gifts. Tell your children what you expect and how you want them to show appreciation. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's what I mean when I'm talking about the, uh, the opening of the gifts. And this really stemmed from my own learning experience as a parent myself. When my daughter was about three or four, maybe five, it was a young age. I'm trying to remember where we were living, but she was maybe five, right? And my in-laws came to stay with us mm. for Christmas. Already a curveball. Already <laughs> a curveball. Um, both of my children were the only grandchildren on oh. both sides, mm. right? So Party time. At, at that time, so so they got like way overloaded with gifts. I mean, to the point where it was ridiculous and I had to actually, at, at a certain point, put my foot down and say, enough. I know you're excited to give to your grandkids, but enough. This is overwhelming to right. everybody. But this particular holiday, everybody got up so excited to sit by this Christmas tree and open gifts and, oh, it's going to be fun. Well, my daughter, and I'm throwing her under the bus, and she listens to these podcasts <laughs> now, but um, I'm sure that she will take from this how to handle it with her own child. She dug into the gifts. She would rip the paper off just enough to see what the gift was, mm. and then she'd toss it aside and grab oh the next gosh, one and toss wow. it aside. This is with my in-laws there. Oh, boy. I, I wished for a hole to open up in my floor. Right. And for me to just sink into it and be just buried forever. I right. was so embarrassed. I was mortified about it. But you couldn't really blame her either, right? No. And I well, think initially, of course, I did well, because you, I was so judgmental about it. Of course. It, right? I mean, that's what you, you write about that too with the greedy gimmies is like, how do you handle that moment? Mm -hmm. Don't want to shame her around that even though you feel like, oh my God, this I, is mortifying. I wanted to I wanted to kill her <laughs> or, or, or myself, one of the two. So she um, wasn't even opening the present. She was really just looking and like, oh, this is what it is and then moving to the next one. Correct. Okay. You know, not even, the paper hadn't even fully gotten off of the package. Uh, I was so gosh. embarrassed. And of course, my in-laws are sitting there stony-faced because they were very judgmental about how I raised my kids anyway. So in any case, I, I really learned a lot from that experience. Um, you know, sometimes we have to get to feeling embarrassed and to, to examine like, well, how could I do this differently? Mm. And And I, you know, as you said, I really couldn't blame her. I mean... It was probably it, over. It's so overwhelming, right? Oh, it's it's over, and it's so exciting. So exciting. You know, gift receiving gifts. Mm. You know, whether it's birthday or Hanukkah or Christmas or any other holiday, is you know suddenly for the kid is like this 
Oh, it's like the Super Bowl for them. Like yes. it's been built up. Yeah. I mean, I I'm 50 and I still feel that way on Christmas. Right. You know? I know. I love. Right. I love. So as getting as gifts. a four or five year old, it's just got to be blowing your mind. Oh my gosh! Because <laughs> the opportunities are endless they just think you know this is the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and they're like wow anything could happen this is so magical so we think one of the things that we have to do as parents is we have to reframe our kids behavior as not greedy but enthusiastic Mm. or overly excited Mm. Because when we look at a child and we say, you're so greedy, it causes the exact reaction that my in-laws had, that I had to my own child's behavior. I was mortified. They were judgmental. You know, the stress level went boom through the roof because we were framing it as, oh, she's greedy and unappreciative, as opposed to, hey, here's an excitable five-year-old who is so... Her eyes are shining with the abundance of of gifts. That... So how how do you step into that moment though? Mm. How do you step into that moment? Obviously, you know, any judgment is just going to make them feel shame. Right. But you know, it's also not appropriate that she's ripping through the presents without even really taking them in. Do you do you let it go in that moment, or how do you how do you deal with it? So you know, honestly, the best way to deal with it, and then I'll say about how do you step in in the moment the best way to deal with it is beforehand oh and oh, to oh, say sure. you know i know everybody's going to be so excited right. you know santa will have brought so many gifts or you know i know that you're anticipating getting you know uh, whatever a gift per night for hanukkah and that it, it feels really exciting and um we need to make we need to make sure that we take a moment, take a deep breath, and really look at what we've been given, and take a moment to, if the person's there, to thank them right. for it, even if. And you've got to prepare them for some of this stuff. Kids don't have a lot of manners on their own. Um, well, the, in know, the like you, we've already said, I think the feelings are so heightened, even with the disappointment. Right. Exactly. Right. So maybe it's their the third copy of a book that they they've <laughs> got. Care less. And they're like, really? Some more socks. Yeah. Right. Or maybe it's <laughs> it's it's something that they've considered too babyish. Or maybe it's something that they just just hate. So you you can talk to them and say, you know, look, that's going to happen, and that's okay. Privately, you can talk to me about it. Right. And, but in the moment, I'd like for you to thank grandma or to thank cousin Susie or to thank your brother or sister. Yeah, I think it comes back to everything you've been saying, which is having a conversation before it happens. And also, as you're talking, I'm reminded of something you say often, too, is that you don't have to go on and on about these things. Right. Right. You don't have to overload like how we're going to handle it. That That's a pretty, right. even in what you just said, seems like enough. It's yes. Because yeah. you often talk about that parents talk too much. Right? <laughs> All the time parents talk too much. Yeah, we talk too much. And at some point, our kids either shut us off and then stop listening. And so why are we talking to begin with? Or it puts up a wall. And they actively, we're active, we're giving them something to, something to actively push against right. when we have all of those words in there. And then, you know, just to get to, you know, what happens if you, if like 
I was surprised by this behavior. What happens if you are caught off guard and your Mm -hmm. kid is behaving this way? I think it's perfectly fine. Well, I want to talk about it's okay to set limits. Yeah. Um, But I also want to say that, you know, the way I would interject initially is to, is with a little bit of humor and Mm. say, whoa, I see one excited kid. Oh my goodness. Ooh, let's take a big deep breath. Let's, let's bring the helicopter down to earth. Okay, now we're here. Let's go a little bit more slowly. You don't right. want this to be over too soon. You know, you can be playful and empathetic. Right. And let's play with this for a little while before you go on to the next hmm. thing. So you can decompress situations in the moment. Of course, that Im- involves understanding how you're feeling but not acting on how you're actually feeling because you're probably feeling angry or yeah which is not an easy thing to do that takes some practice it's like you said you're feeling mortified in a moment i mean every parent has had that that you're immediately like stop doing that (laughs) (laughs) before you can think and i think we've talked about this a lot too is that it's not a four alarm fire take a second to check in with yourself like okay this is mortifying i can't yell at them or pull them out of, you know, grab them and pull them away. Like, how do I handle this in a way that, like you said, takes it down, takes it down a few notches. Exactly, exactly. And if you can, you know, again, kind of look at, reframe their behavior in an empathetic way that they're overly excited and then tell them, you know, let's just calm our bodies for a minute so that we keep that lighthearted thing. Then they won't feel a spotlight on them. Mm. Now, that being said, I think one of the things that often goes wrong in these family experiences is that parents are reluctant to actually set a limit. Yeah, that it becomes, it does become a free-for-all. Yeah. I mean, you wrote that too. I thought it was really funny. You wrote, limits are okay. If you're tired of hearing about Pokemon, say so. (laughs) Like, it's okay to say, like, all right, enough. (laughs) I understand you want the $400 pair of Air Jordans. We've covered it. I've looked at the website. You've shown me the photo. You don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Exactly. And not only in that preparatory pot. Uh, process where they're all, you know, they're saying, I want this, I want this, I want this. But in the moment, it's okay to say, you know what? I think we're a little, everybody's emotions are really high. Let's take a break. Mm. Let's all have a glass of apple cider. Um, Let's, you know, play with something you have, but we're not going to continue doing this. We're not going to continue opening gifts, for example, if they're tearing through if gifts. If kids are jacked up. Yeah. And it's okay to say as well, I was a big believer in, in gift on gift-giving occasions where everybody got a gift to take turns. Yeah. Yeah. That's we, what we do. And I, I mean, I'm sure it evolved over time and it was probably harder when they were little, but that's what we kind of do. There's five of us and... So everyone's sort of present, like, and the and the kids are into it now. They they kind of get it, like. Yeah. Then we turn our attention to whoever whoever has their present. Also, so you just don't move through that experience so quickly. You exactly. Know? And exactly. everyone feels. I mean, like I said, I still feel those feelings too. But that's the thing, like that. It is such a wonderful moment to wake up on Christmas and have those gifts, mm-hmm. and you don't want to plow through those moments, you know. Right. Exactly. And and kids don't really get that they you know they don't understand delayed gratification and mm. how it can make the moment more special so if you have a kid who's openly disagreeing with that plan you know and just snatching their next gift it's okay to say you know what 
we're going to go around and and this next time you you will not take a turn mm. everybody will get two turns and then you'll get one turn of course you're not taking away anything in the yeah, end you're they not get two turns at the end because of that because sure. or Hanukkah. it's the same right it's the same amount of gifts yeah yeah no i understand but it's about you know it's okay to say that you don't want to say it just like anything in parenting you don't want to say it in a disrespectful tone you don't want to say it to embarrass or shame them, but it is okay, even on the holidays, to set the limits. Otherwise, as parents, you get strung out. Right. And you're like, I'm, uh, you know, by 7 a.m., you're done. Well, that and that, that explosion is probably coming, you know, if For that sure. stuff is building. I just want to finish up. We've kind of touched on this already, but. That it's okay. I mean, you kind of just sort of described it. The checking back in. So if you have this conversation before the holidays is great. It's okay to have it during the holidays. How's it going? How you right. doing? Even if it's not like a formal family sit down to pull like your your maybe your son or daughter aside, husband, whatever it is, in the midst of it to right. say like, is it going okay for you? Right when you say that's important. Yes, absolutely. And then can you talk a little bit about? Because I kind of like this one too. It's great for the holidays. It's also great for vacations is to have sort of a post-mortem yeah. after the experience that I think people rarely do. Right. But coming out of that experience, like how did that go for you? How did it go? Yeah. I'm a, Again, I'm a big believer in before, during, and after. Yeah. I think at the, at the end of anything, when it's still fresh in everybody's minds, you can say, you can kind of do like what was the best and what was the worst. Or what was the most comfortable you felt and what was the least comfortable you felt? You know, so you don't even have to define it kind of moralistically in terms of best versus worst, but in terms of feeling. You know, what, what were the, the least comfortable feelings that you had during this time? What did you enjoy the most? Because, I mean, that's going to help you figure out how to do it differently the next time. Right. That's probably the key, right? Oh, Th sure. Then you're rolling into that. Yeah, I mean, I think what I was going to say was that the other reason I think that's important, that's probably the most important thing is that, like you said, how do we adjust if you come out? Mm -hmm. and, and also you can get some surprises there like, oh, wow, they really didn't like this part of it. This was a real struggle for them. Then next year when you go to grandma and grandpa's house, you know, like because maybe there was a new thing that popped up as they get older that they didn't have to deal with that now you know, okay, this is something to think about. I mean, the other thing that I th thought about as you're talking is that otherwise those experiences and feelings are just tucked away. Like exactly. you've come off that trip and if you don't have a conversation, those just stay inside or go someplace. They just need to get out, I, I guess is my point, is that is that you know putting them out there kind of releases those negative feelings if they have them. Or they're, or they're great feelings. I don't know. I mean, maybe right. they had a great time, and that's good too. Right. Yeah, that's ideal. That's what, that's, that would be nice. That would be great. Yeah, and I think what the problem is with not talking about whatever negative feelings that you had is that going to visit family is like time hopping. You know, you saw them, you didn't see, you, there's no, there's no day-to-day -day growth right. that can occur with, I, you know, I was really mad at, you know, so-and-so yesterday and today, you know, we kind of talked about it this way and that way. 
it's just it's so compartmentalized that it does it just gets shoved down in a box and each time you visit the box gets a little more full and a little more full and a little more full until finally it's overflowing and and then big blow-ups can occur Mm -hmm. so it's much better if you can have if you take the opportunity to talk about how it really went for you and as you said earlier Greg you know it's sometimes hard to sit down for that 10 minutes or whatever you know you're like oh I don't really have time for that but if you're traveling you can talk about while you travel sure you know yeah even the car ride on that's probably even better it's fresh oh the car ride car rides are perfect for talking about this kind of stuff everyone's not can't get anywhere anyway (laughs) exactly you know or even you know if you're taking a plane you could talk about it in the airport sure you know or if you're seated next to each other on the plane you could talk about it then i mean there's a lot of opportunity in the transition times before and after a particular vacation especially one that involves travel where you you can find the time so what would you say if, if, if you had to pick one one particular thing to parents to hold on to? Because obviously we've covered a lot of ground. Is there one thing you think is the most important thing for parents to hold on to or to think about with their kids as they're entering the holidays? Well, that's a hard question because I think it's twofold. I think, I mean, I guess if I had to choose the most important thing, I would say preparation and communication is key. Hmm. To really talk about what the what is this experience realistically going to lo- look like? What are your expectations for it? And what are your concerns about it? I think that's the most important part. But I don't want to ignore the idea of the overexcitement that kids have. What do you mean? And 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 sometimes it oh how do- we handle that. Yeah, like being able to frame that in, right. as something more positive than greedy gimmies in order to evoke empathy in ourselves so that we can approach it from a, I get it, you know, I, right. I get how this is like the world opened <laughs> up and you, you get everything you want and it's so much fun and, you know, and let's, and let's savor it. And let's show appreciation around it. And that it's okay to have some limits around it, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Thanks for listening to the Parenting Horizons podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share with your family and friends. And if you'd like to hear more about Julie's work, join one of her parenting groups, or see about individual counseling, please visit ParentingHorizons.com. Or you can email Julie at Julie.Ross at ParentingHorizons.com. See you next time.